welcome to this next level lesson of teach me how to love you better that we're going to title her story her story deals with the traumatic experiences that women face at the hands of society and our men for we still lack in accountability in terms of support respect and protection of our women today's conversation was given to us by a queen named nico who is a beautiful soul and a survivor of sexual abuse she walks us step by step through her traumatic experience explaining exactly what happened how she felt about herself after it happened and even how she spared her assailant of what he rightfully deserved in consequence after he committed this heinous act against her. She also spoke about our young boys and how we need to instill a new set of standards in our young men so that they don't grow up to be predators in their adulthoods. And we also talked about depression, which is common in both boys and men that is often unrecognized and unheard of. This was a very detailed and descriptive conversation about how we can better treat men and women in terms of abuse. Ladies, support your sister as she shares with us her story. Fellas, shut the hell up because we all need to hear this. If we allow Nico to tell her story, history or his story won't continually repeat itself. Please give Nico your undivided attention as she tells us her story. So for the very first episode of Her Story, I am here with Nico. How are you doing Hi. today? I am blessed and highly favored. That is beautiful. So am I. I'm glad to hear that. I'm really appreciative of you um, taking your time out to speak on the misfortunes of abuse. Um, this is a passion project of mine that I decided to do because I just wanted to raise awareness to men on how we need major improvements in our self-worth and our control, and then also um, understanding our responsibilities and boundaries with women so we can hopefully affect some change. So I'm just really grateful for you being the very first person to actually step up and say that I'm down to talk to you about, you know, something that I've experienced. I'm really humbled by that. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I am happy to be able to share my experiences in life because we, we need to talk about these things, you know? Right, right, right. But before I get started, um, I am making you aware that this conversation is completely based on your comfort level. Um, it is important that you share, but what you decide to share is completely up to you. I'm going to ask you respectfully a couple of questions, but if any of them are overstepping my boundary, um, allow me to apologize and correct myself. I just want you to know that my intent is to be as respectful as possible. I have to say that first. So um, just to get that out the way, I just want you to know that it's completely based on your comfort level. Whatever you feel like you don't want to share or if I ask something too personal, definitely dial me back. OK, no problem. All right. So to get started, I would just like to give you the opportunity to tell us about yourself and give us a piece of your story. Well, I like to call myself um, a life encourager in a free spirit. And a lot of that came from me finding myself worth. And it was unfortunate that I did have to go through certain situations like the one I'm about to speak about, um, which is one of just several situations. Um, but it was one of the very first. And I 
actually am in the process now of helping people to be open about dialogue when it comes to sexuality to come about like when you're talking about your actual thoughts and your feelings and speaking from the difference between speaking from a place of ego and the difference between speaking from a place of your actual feelings because a lot of times we get mixed up in our emotions so we say that we mad when really we are disheartened about something Mm -hmm. um my original situation happened when I was a teenager and this person was his guy. He was a friend of, let's just say a friend. Mm-hmm. And I did not know him. He was way older than I was. And it was just supposed to be a fun time. Um, and we ended up in a room where he came into the room where I was at and he started like kissing on me and stuff. And with me being younger and him being older, I didn't necessarily just want to tell him to stop because I was trying to play like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult, like I'm grown. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so then things start to progress and go further and I'm pushing you off of me because I've never done anything like this with a guy before at all. So I don't know how this go down. Right. And then when my shorts and stuff come off, it's like, now I'm fighting you, (laughs) you know, like I am fighting you and I am, clearly verbalizing to you get off of me get off of me wow um and he he did not and i was a virgin and i just remember like laying there like what are you about to do what are you about to do (laughs) you know like i'm trying to go back through all my trainings and and you know summer boot camp you know at the church and figure out well where in the bible did they say when men on top of you what do you do to make him stop you know if i'm supposed to be a virgin what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to do and just being like, I am helpless. Mm. I am helpless, but I'm also embarrassed. I also felt that this was my fault because I should have never allowed him to come into this room. How dare you? Um, what are you doing? Like all the blame was completely on me. Mm. And luckily his cousin came to the door and was like, what you doing to that girl in there? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And that's the reason that he got up and um, from on top of me and he tried to play like, you know, oh, nothing was wrong and stuff like that. And it's like, well, something wrong because you like like (laughs) something is clearly wrong here. And uh, I just remember like in that moment just thinking, so it was okay for him to tell you to stop and you would stop. But it was not okay for me to tell you to stop. And for you to stop. Wow. 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 What's the difference? Is This is my body. <laughs> you right, know, so right. It's okay. It was wrong when he started knocking on the door. But it wasn't wrong to you in your head when I'm literally fighting you and you have my scar marks, like my me scratching your face. like like So it wasn't wrong when I said stop, but it was wrong when he said stop. Wow. And he just kind of walked out the room. It was nothing. I tried to play like um, for years. I never even told anyone this story. Like for years. I'm 40 years old now. This happened when I was a teenager. For years, I never told anyone this story. And mainly because I didn't want the backlash of who I was with that day. Um, I didn't want my daddy to go ape crazy, (laughs) you know. Um, Not just on the other person, but anybody that was involved. And then on top of it, I kind of just told myself that that wasn't rape. Wow. It was like, oh, I was taken advantage of. 
that, that was the terminology. If I ever repeated it, I, it was, I was taking advantage of. I never started using the word rape until I started to realize who I was as an adult. And then who I went through a battle of like depression, um, suicidal thoughts and stuff. And then I found law of attraction and it kind of helped me to rationalize my thoughts and put things in a different perspective. But it, the one key thing that law of attraction taught me is to call a bird a bird and own that. Right. So right. it wasn't until that I started to say to myself, like that was rape was the only time that I felt freedom from that moment. You know, um, I kind of wish I could run into him. Should I add in the part of the fact that I did see him again and I may have, you know, had an irrational moment where I got violent with him privately and I may or may not have stabbed him. But in the leg, it wasn't, you know, anything too harsh. But I, I did feel like that I had to let my my presence be known, like after I had time to be like, oh, wait, this wasn't cool. Like, you're, you're not going to do this to me. But then it was like, who else could I tell? Right, right. Wow. I'm really, truly sorry, um, even though I know my sympathy, of course, doesn't make much of a difference. But just to know that that is something that you did experience is um, it did you did experience like that really does even hurt me, you know, just by, you know, first meeting you today. And, you know, just knowing the kind of person that I see that is being projected from your social media, like you're just full of life. You seem like very sweet. And all of these wonderful characteristics. Thank you. Like, I just feel your spirit when Thank I look you. at, you know, your social media. So it's just so unfortunate to hear. So my deepest um, apologies for this. But um, I do commend you for being strong enough to, of course, share and then also, you know, speak from this place. Because just that small portion of what you talked about was already like teachable moments in that segment of you speaking but to kind of further the conversation how did that affect your perceptions of men going forward after that situation the the biggest thing that was my takeaway from that was is that i will always be in control okay i will never allow a man to be in control of me from this moment going forth so if I'm in a relationship with you or if I choose to have sex with you, it's because I chose to. Right, right. You you have no control over me. So in a nutshell, it kind of it, it hardened me, but it also made me take more of the quote unquote male's point of view when it came to dealing with relationships, love, um, any of that. Like I was more so like, oh, I don't care about you. Um, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be because I want to do this. And then on the flip side, it also made me very prideful. So no one's going to talk me into having a threesome. No one's going to talk me into doing something where I feel like I was peer pressured into anything. It, it did, unfortunately, I had to go through that, but I came out of it with this, this strength of no. I, and I mean that when I say that, like, I'm no, I'm not going in here with you and your homeboy for both of you guys. No, I'm not doing it. Right, um, right. Oh, you 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 want to exploit me and put me on camera? No, not doing that. <laughs> so it was like anything that I felt like that the guy would have the upper hand or me feeling like he was belittling me. It, it actually just made me have a lot more of 
self-worth and self-respect and realizing my power that I have the power to say no. I didn't utilize and, and understanding to say no from the get-go because what I learned in that situation was is is when I was blaming myself, I was saying, soon as he came in the room, you should have exited. This is your fault. So what I reformed the conversation to say, it's unfortunate, Nico, but when you feel uncomfortable with a situation, it's your right to say no and to exit that room. It's right, not your right. fault if you choose to stay and the other person choose to do something to violate you. That part is not your fault. But you do have the power to say no and don't just do certain things because you want to, to go along with the flow or you don't want to seem combative or you don't want to seem naive or you don't want to seem young. Just go with the flow. Right, right. I'm not going with the flow no more. I'm going with my own flow. <laughs> Absolutely. And I can totally respect that. That's um very necessary to definitely hold yourself accountable going forward to make sure that you're in the safest spaces possible and then to just set boundaries like boundaries are perfectly fine. And I I think that we're in an age now where men have to be reintroduced to boundaries. And um, yes. unfortunately, they don't tend to learn them until it ends up being prison. But right. unfortunately, that comes from um, not only just us not really speaking on these type of issues, but then also not addressing the facts that when these things happen, it is important for us to focus more on the men than the women. You know, we right. can't we can't like villainize the women. Unfortunately, when we do that, they close themselves off. They keep their experiences quiet. They don't get the help that they need. They don't feel comfortable trusting anybody. There are so many different things that I believe women should not do in this particular instance because it rids them of the opportunities to get the help that they need. So I'm just really grateful for you to um, be sharing this information because I don't totally know everything I need to know about abuse either. I mean, I see the instances that you see on media and TV, but I haven't had like this close or this up close um, information come to me this way so i'm learning and you know what's weird about that is mm -hmm. is that if you actually look at statistics there are i think it's like eight out of ten females that have had some type of sexual assault sexual molestation or inappropriate sexual likeism coming from a man mm -hmm. or another woman right before right. before they turn 15 oh that's oh okay yeah, that I never heard that before. Yeah, like it's in a lot of in a lot of it gets swept under the rug because it's not clearly defined to us that you know if if someone goes to take you to the bathroom and they do something inappropriate to the bathroom like that you are supposed to consider that as a molestation or assault against you. We're taught, especially black women, you just suck that up and you just dismiss it and go on about your day because if you tell somebody what they gonna do. Right. And you're kind of walking me into the um, the very next part of the conversation, which was support. Um, support is very important in a time and circumstance as this one. Did you feel like even if you did decide to say that this happened to me, that you would have had the support you needed in that time? 
So it is one of those things that I feel like I, I may have, it would have been a, a conflicting answer. So on the one hand, yes, I feel like that I would have had the support, um, but I feel like it would have been like over support, like violent support, <laughs> you know, like, you know, my dad or somebody coming like, well, where yet? Like we, this is about to go down and then I'm feeling, you know, sad about it all again because, you know, now my daddy didn't kill somebody. Right, and then right. on the opposite side of it, even if I told my mom, like, I felt like that would have been her same reaction as well. Um, but on the flip side of it, anybody else would have, I just kind of felt like that it would have been, oh, well, girl, you know how they are. You know, this is just how the boys are. So sometimes you can't even... You can't even be in the same house with them, you know, like basically making an excuse for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And mind you, when this all happened, like I used to dress like a boy, (laughs) you know, like I was a tomboy. Like I had on an oversized shirt and this is when duck heads and stuff was out. I mean, like I had on these oversized pants and stuff. So I was no way even dressed in a way that was, you know, inviting someone in, not in my mind. Anyway, I felt like the clothes that I had on was keeping people away. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as like the the actual support, I don't I can't even really honestly answer that question because even with me sitting here thinking about that, I'm starting to think about well, what is support? Wow. Or what would I define as support or what would I have defined as support in that moment, you know? Yeah. That that is a great question that most don't think about in the event of that trauma because the person that you are expecting to support you still doesn't necessarily know. Well, in some cases, the person that you're expecting to support you sometimes doesn't even know what type of support you need. So in that instance, it may just be giving you the platform to express it, making sure that you're okay. Um, having the, having the know all or wherewithal to suggest, um, help outside of themselves. If in fact you can't even provide, the help and support. I just think that having somebody there makes the difference. And that was actually the next question. Um, I was going to ask you how much does family affect or impact someone who has been abused? Because I think that, and this is just me looking into what you're saying. When a person feels like they don't have anybody to talk to and also is dealing with how they feel about what happened to them, they tend to close themselves and harden themselves and those experience becomes I don't know if it's like a life marker or somewhere like at some point you just kind of stop experiencing or stop living or stop feeling things at that particular point you just refuse to take anything in is that something that becomes a reality for women in that case I think that that could be the situation I think more so for me I went in denial about what happened because, you know, when you think about something of that magnitude or something like rape or take being taken advantage of or, or any of that, um, you think that you think about the news articles where the girl had a bloody mouth, you know, he beat her up. Um, there was some type of violence that also took place in order for it to be to have been considered rape. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you kind of got to walk away with your head bust open in order for anybody to be like, Oh my God, he raped you. Um, and since none of that happened, you know, it just literally, he took advantage of me was holding me down. He didn't punch me in the face or nothing. 
I just went into a denial. Like that was the way that I dealt with it. It was just a denial. So I wasn't really looking for anyone to support me because I was in denial. Wow. Like this, this, this happened to me, but girl, it ain't that, it ain't like that because he ain't bush, he ain't bush in the face, you know? Like, so I myself downplay the whole situation and I don't even think that it's just me. I think that a lot of women um, or people that get into situations like that and it's not the stereotypical textbook way that, or that we have in our head that it's supposed to be this way in order for it to be X, um, you tend to start questioning yourself like, well, well, was that really? Or, you know, like you, you don't really know. So, um, yeah, Mm. (laughs) kind of lost my train of thought there because I kind of was trying to go back to your question. But for me, it was, as far as the support and stuff, it's just harder to find the support when I didn't even know that I needed support. That's, that's the better answer. Right. Right. Okay. Um, I want to go into um, another area of the conversation and it's more opinion based, but it's definitely worth speaking on. I want to talk about raising sons because um, how we raise and interact with boys has a huge impact on the changes that need to be made in terms of, you know, the potentials of us instilling or even nurturing the predatory behaviors that some of these men and boys have. Um in your opinion, is there a truth to women and men raising children with standards that they have yet to get closure from? And to give you an example of that question, um, there is a, well, no, I'm going to change that. The example I'm going to use is a father not being able to cope with heartbreak or rejection from someone he truly loved in his past. So he teaches his sons ways to avoid dealing with the same issues and instead of confronting the issue he'll mask it with like multiple women overcompensating his pains with false realities being manipulative to beat a woman at her figurative game you know he's doing things to avoid dealing with the potentials of owning that he's hurt so in this process of trying to cover things up it turns you into somebody else like is this Is it something that we can do with our men and our boys to help them learn or reestablish self-worth and self-control, in your opinion? I think the the greatest thing that I love about this new wave um, in our culture and our society is even with this podcast. And I also want to thank you. I mean, I know you've been telling me thank you and being grateful for me, but I wouldn't be able to, to, to get this out and say this to anybody if it wasn't for your platform. So oh, thank you grateful for to you for that. And I say that to also say that we are ushering in a new wave, a new spirit of healing. Right, and I don't right. feel like that men before were ever put in a position to understand that they have wounds Mm, right 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 so again it kind of still goes back like with me and support i can't get support if i'm in denial about it i can't heal from a wound that i don't know that i have you know and it's because those like love and feelings and your deeper working emotions and stuff are not really taught right right it's not it's not you, it's up to everyone to kind of dive in and go and find their own truth in their own path, right? 
but mm-hmm. it's not really taught. So I do feel like that raising raising children, raising boys with standards has a huge impact. But when those standards also include the standard of being able to be respectful and to also being raised with the standard of, well, when you are with the with the woman and she says this, if she says no, you need to get up. Right. I don't care what your homeboys say. You need to get up. You know, like, so I think that the conversations when raising, you know, boys and stuff has to go a little bit deeper than you just teaching them to open up the door for a woman, you know, like that you're supposed to pay for a meal. I think that the conversation has to go a little bit deeper to say that you are supposed to uh, when you when you look at a woman, what do you see? Well, let me let me give you a different option to be able to look at her and to see her self-worth. Like, I just feel like that the conversation needs to get extended out when we start to talk about raising boys. As far as adult men, um, I think that is very, very vital that we start to say that it's okay. When I started going through depression and then I, I haven't suffered from a day of depression since 2011, praise God. Mm, um, praise God for that. I have ran into more depressed black men than I ever knew that was out there. Mm. And just like random conversation. And that's, that's what led me to start life coaching on the situation and talking to people um, about the situation, because I, I had no idea because we weren't raised to say that black men get depressed, <laughs> you know? Right. So, right. um, I think in, in adult men, for other men to start holding men accountable, that's really where it starts. Because women can talk all day. Your mother can talk all day. But it's something different. The same way of how when his friend knocked on that door and said, what are you doing to that girl? He got up. It's something different when men talk to other men and hold them accountable. And right, say, right. brother, I see you. Right. What can we do to help, like, you know. Instead of, I always call it the blind leading the blind, because a lot of times, you know, your homeboys be like, well, let's just go out and, and drink and womanize because that's what's fun. Right, right. That and is true. And I also feel like that the definition of fun for men needs to get redefined. Mm, because you, mm. you, you saying that you like women, you like to be around women, get you. Um, You like to have fun, get you. But why all of those things always end with you womanizing? Like, why does it all have something to do with you and your boys going out trying to find a group of ladies to befriend or whatever, only to drop them like a bad habit the next day when you just misled these whole group of women and they're thinking that they had a spiritual connection with you after they didn't pray to God two days before and they felt like that you was the answer to their prayers. Now they over here questioning their relationship with the Lord and, and with mm, love, mm, period, mm, mm, mm. just because you wanted to have fun. So mm. I don't think men, the, the conversation needs to get drug out a little bit longer. It's not long enough. It's not in depth enough. Right, right. You are absolutely right. Okay, so now we've established that not only the boys need to be raised, but some of the men do too. So um, my next question is, how would we, as men, when we speak on holding our men accountable, how would we inform our boys and men how to grow up with the importance of self-worth esteem and self-control as well as the importance of men and boys being taught to keep their legs closed as we have habitually repeated to our women like how do we do that now because 
like you say, the blind is leading the blind. Um, what type of impact do we need to have in order for the message to get across? So this is going to sound again, weird. I say some of the craziest stuff, but even like with Charlemagne and little Duvall talking about black men don't cheat, you know, people think it's funny and it's like a play on words and, you know, all the rest of stuff, you know, whatever. But really, if you break it all the way down, that's a mantra. If you take out the black part and just say men don't cheat, um, it, and if you allow it to resonate with you, it can go deeper than not just talking about cheating on women, but not, but they don't cheat themselves, you know? Mm, um, mm-hmm. so when you, it, it ends up leading to a doorway to open for men to start having conversation amongst men. The most interesting fact for me is, is that what I found and what I do is, is that most men, especially with their first marriage, they don't tend to marry for love. Like they tend to marry for that's the next step in their life. Who's around that's available, who's been around the longest. I feel like that's the biggest thing that we need to start to overcome as well to say, well, what is love to you? And to start having conversations with men about what does it feel to be in love? Right. And as a woman, I don't think that men hurt. (laughs) Like, if I'm being honest, like, I don't think you guys get you guys heartbroken. Like, who did you dirty? You know, that's interesting because um, most people that I do talk to, um, they actually do feel that way. But um, a little bit further into the conversation, I was going to. Well, I guess we can go there because we can dial back a bit. Um, I do have an experience that I think could possibly be. Um, a reflection of women possibly being hurt or mistreated because I had an experience with an older woman when I was younger who kind of potentially made me a predator or possibly could have made me a predator. Uh, And it was uh because of a certain level of aggression that she used to mold me, manipulate me, to um even be physically or romantic with me she was like very aggressive like i said i was involved with her when i was in my early 20s and um she was separated from her husband at the time which could have also contributed to some of the aggressions that she may have had and she went as far to like train me on some of the ways that she felt like men were supposed to be aggressive Uh and um the weird thing is like she she started teaching me things like ripping clothes off of her, like panties in particular. At this time, it was like um, she walked up to me one day, you know, and just told me to rip her panties off. And what she was okay. trying to do was to create this animal instinct. Um, right. It was to like instill a sense of desire um, on my part for her. And um, of course, the very first time that I did it. I wasn't successful. I didn't really know what I was doing. So she was like coaching me through it. And then while she's teaching me this, she's saying like men are supposed to know what they want. They take what they want. They, they aggressive. They're this, they're that. And to a young man, you're just hearing what she's saying. You're not like taking in the context of what she's saying. And, um, like when she would teach me, she would then manipulate me by like taking me to like clothing stores that she would like. And um, she would like pick up three or four pairs of panties, 
a bra or something else and she'll just throw them at me and have me pay for them because that was oh. like that was like my display of power like when you destroy something you replace it that's what men do like she's like military training me in this aspect and so um over time i never really asked her where these things were coming from um i never really thought to question why was she telling me these things and um it got to a point where i'm young and she was in her i believe she was either like late 30s early 40s at this time and um she got to a point where like little things that i would do at my age and maturity would be deemed childish. So she would like down talk me at this point. And now she's like tearing me down because she's tired of me acting my actual age. So when we stopped messing around, I went back into the world with all of these things that she taught me. And now I'm using them on the women in my age group that are not as sexually advanced as I am now from this relationship with this lady. And I had a girl that I was messing around with in my age group come back to me as an adult and say that I advanced her before she was actually ready and she never wow. used the word rape but because that's what I felt that's what I heard it was uh. like I never I never was able to accept just what she said to me it took me a long time to um, finally get like some sense of closure with it because I was in a relationship when she told me, you know, and um, I I told my girlfriend, I had to tell my girlfriend, I just kept it all the way honest. And even while I was in a relationship, I went to other women that I had been intimate with and asked them, like, was this something that you felt I done to you? And I told them the same thing that was told to me. And by the grace of God, all of the women said, no, I didn't see it that way. Okay. But. Of course, like it wasn't until I was preparing for this conversation with you that I began to realize that it could have been a possibility that she was treated this way in some years or down the line in her life. And maybe this was her acting out her trauma. It's a possibility that some man, mm -hmm. some man probably put her in the position of believing that this is how she's supposed to feel in her sexual desires or in her romantic thoughts and all of these different things. It's a possibility that she is acting out her trauma. So um, that was part of the reason why I was able to somewhat accept it because now that I've somewhat been like cleared of my own conscience by these women, I had to ask kind of like how you are like even though like somebody has treated you wrongly and has totally taken away your innocence and it's a sad story to tell you still have that strength and that virtue of a black woman to still feel sorry for those even though they've wronged you like I think that that's just women like women right. are always saving the day you know and we put so much shit and so many burdens on women and then we just look at them and expect them to just endure these things when we need to be learning about how to treat you and love you better. We need to be learning about how to support you and how to know how to conduct ourselves when we're in your spaces. So um, that hurt me. That was one of those things that hurt me, you know, to know that um, I felt like I really done something to this girl. But of course, that thing of hurt people hurt people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I only did to her what was done to me, you know, 
So right. um, I had to learn from that. And th this is really why these conversations like this one is so important to me. And I really want to help people to identify the things that they do out of habit that just may be, you know, affecting or even victimizing somebody. I think that brings up a really good topic about just communication, period. Right. Communication right. in the moment, you know, and especially when you are of age and you know better because, you know, I'm pretty sure that you probably can um, identify or agree with me. Like because it's this older woman, my person was an older person, too. It's like, well, you don't want to come and tell this older person that you are a child, you know. Right. So I'm gonna right. Play the big leads with you. So I'm just going to go along with the flow. Exactly. Versus being comfortable enough with yourself and being comfortable enough with the other person to say, Oh wait, you want me to do what? You right, know? Right. Um, so you don't, we don't, we, and we don't, we're, we're not taught to communicate at all. If you really think about it, we're not really taught to communicate. Like even as a society, we are taught to don't be in your feelings. Mm -mm. Right. Right. Don't do and that. if you do talk to them, you need to talk, especially as a woman, like you need to talk to him by busting his windows out. For what, girl? Or <laughs> right. as a man, you know, most men are taught to shut down because I ain't trying to be with all that drama. I ain't yeah. trying to argue with you. Right. Like I held that story kind of like you were saying, like I held that in for so long. And um, it wasn't until I began to podcast and, you know, see how my conversations would affect the people around me, I knew eventually I was going to have to share that because at the height of the Me Too movement, I was still feeling those moments of anxiety. Like, okay, yeah, she said that she didn't feel like I raped her, but what if, you know, this time or this era in society convinces her that maybe it was different than what I thought it was? It's like, so I was still walking the earth with all of this shame and all of this anxiety built up in me because I was just waiting on the moment that right after Bill Cosby got called out, they was going to call my name next. Like that they was put a lot of y'all on edge now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Everybody was checking to see is my name on the paper today. <laughs> yeah. That's how and that's how I felt. And, um, you know, I've I've put that out there to help people. And amazingly, um, so many women have said, like, you know, don't feel bad about it because you're owning it and you're going to help somebody else see that this is potentially being done to them too. And even the men, when I did tell the story, the men were even saying my situation was something just like that. You know what I'm saying? And we've been manipulated in so many ways without knowing. And then we go out into the world acting these things out. So that's the reason why I wanted to share it because I do feel like respectfully, that women definitely need to be mindful about how detailed they are in terms of their sexual needs and boundaries. And then men need to know more than just what they want from her. Like they should right. examine where some of her sexual requests are even coming from before you engage in them. Because of course, maturity helped me to become more aware that everything a person asks you sometimes is not necessarily something you want to do and you may just have a boundary and say look I don't want to do that and it should be okay for a person to receive what you're saying and for you to also be comfortable in saying what you feel so like that's why I really emphasize putting that out there but from a woman to a woman what are some ways you would encourage women to protect themselves moving forward after an experience 
such as abuse takes place? Because I feel like only a woman can give that advice. So um, basically, my whole premise and everything that I do is about building the relationship with self. Mm-hmm. In building that relationship with self, you end up having a foundation to be able to have a relationship with others. People can dispute me all day, but my philosophy is my philosophy that you can't even have an appropriate relationship with God, spirituality, um, or, or you know whoever that you pray to without having a firm foundation of a relationship with yourself. Because if you, if you can't hear your own voice, you, you're not going to be able to hear God's, you know? Mm. Um, so in, mm. in order for you to receive God's voice, you, you have to know when you're listening and when you should be talking. Right. Right. Um, right. So what I would say for someone that has went through abuse, as far as women, um, find yourself ground yourself in that relationship with you and realizing that that particular incident does not define you. Right. Right. I'm very big on perspective. I'm very big on standing in your truth and I'm very big on acknowledging a thing is a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So taking, looking at that situation and it hurt me, it broke me, it changed me and I'm accepting that. So it's a certain level of acceptance that you kind of have to get from it, but you can't stay stuck there. And that's that's the biggest thing for me about um, after something has happened, especially in an abuse situation like that, even with you finding yourself, you have to find a place where you mourn, you grieve, but you also grow. Right, right. And trying to find a way to grow. And, and the way that I grow may not be the way that works for you. But figure out what's the best way for you to grow and put that situation in, into a perspective of, again, it doesn't define me. Yes, you hurt me. Yes, you broke me. But you will not break me forever. Mm. You only broke a piece of me. Mm. But even mm. in a broken concrete, a rose can still grow, right? Right, so right. So realizing that even in your failures, and, and that's, that's one of the biggest things, just, just saying as a general thing that I don't think that we teach or that we we talk about enough. And that's how do you how do you move on when something goes against the way that you wanted it to go? How do you deal with disappointment? How do you deal with negative things? So ground yourself in yourself, number one, but find figure out what's the best way for you to grow. But by all means, do not bottle it in. Don't stay there either. Don't stay in the grief. Don't stay in the morning. You've got to come to a place where you can move on from it. Um, luckily, it took me some years, you know, but once I unbottled this, it's like, you know, I'm a happy person. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I kind of like joke about a lot of stuff. I don't take life too seriously, um, but I'm also a very straightforward, blunt person. So find your truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, lastly, well, I have two questions that um will kind of wrap up this conversation. But um, for the man that comes into your life after the assault, what advice do you give to him when he feels a sense of resistance or disconnect from her without knowing that she carries the secret or experience within her? Well, that's kind of a hard one because it's kind of, you know, you can't really, again, you know, deal with something that you are unaware about. Right. Right. But I think that um, 
for a man that may be dealing with someone who who may not have certain behaviors that they are accustomed to or something, trust your intuition. Like, if you in tune with yourself, you should be in tune to know, well, you know, something may not be quite right. But maybe try to find a way to open up the conversation to maybe ask her why she does certain things and don't take it personal in what she's doing. Um, before you assume something, just offer her the opportunity to explain. Okay. And you'll get your answer there because either she's ready to talk about it or she's not. Right, right. So just patience. And you can't do anything about something that someone's not right. ready to talk about. So you just have to um, emphasize patience and understanding and actually take the time to get to know a person. I think we're so in a rush to... Microwave society. Yeah, we're so in a rush to be who we want to be for people and with people that we don't trust this process. And I actually enjoy like taking time because that experience that I had um, in my past it actually put me at a a pace with my current girl. Like I didn't just assume because we begin to be physical that I could just do anything to her. Like I took a really long time to like completely open up about some of the things that I was feeling. And that was because I you. Yeah. It it took me a while because I even think like there was moments where um, just in general, she would say, like, it's something inside of you that I feel like you holding in and you just not saying it. But when you do, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew in that instance, too, like, eventually I was going to have to say this. And when I told her, I could see, like, I kind of seen, like, her expression. It was like, damn, like, that's crazy that this is something that you were holding in all of this time. But then just to know that it's like, okay. Well, I I can even sympathize with you because you've been abused like you had to I had to own that you were mentally right. abused. Like, you know, what I'm saying and everything that you said in that that segment of like saying like ownership, you have to like own that this happened to you. That's exactly what happened for me. And it was helping me at that point to start to figure out ways to address it like, OK, now. This is putting me at a a turtle pace with my girlfriend. And I was looking at it as a problem. I was like thinking eventually she's going to leave because I'm so reluctant to accelerate in our relationship because I'm still dealing with this anxiety. But what I also realized, too, is that sometimes you do have to go back to the ways of old where you actually spend more time to get to know a person. You know, you don't have to always be physical every time you're in the presence of women. You should just enjoy mm -hmm. their company. You should listen to the things that they say because they'll tell you more about themselves, even on a mental, physical, spiritual and sexual level. If you listen more like, you know, you'll yes. be surprised as to they're they're telling you they're telling you everything that you need to know in every sector of your relationship in those conversations, even when you don't think that you're talking about sex, she's telling you, she's telling you how to communicate with her, what she likes and how she feels when you touch her, when you hold her hand, like she's telling you all of this stuff that's helping you get closer and closer to her. But because you're trying to accelerate past the learning process, you miss it all. And this is how you misjudge some of the things that she's saying to you and could potentially victimize her or hurt her or abuse her. So like, it was 
kind of like a really, really difficult learning experience. But that time I took to just get to know and date her really made our bond closer, you know, and it has helped me deal with this issue too. So, and none of that would have, and none of that would have ever happened if you didn't develop that relationship with yourself. You know, right, so you had right. to first identify with you in order for you to be able to identify with someone else. Right, right. That is, that is exactly, awesome. That is exactly how it happened. So I'm grateful for that. You know, I definitely didn't feel good about, you know, knowing that this was what had happened. But um, the learning lesson and being able to help somebody else with my experiences has definitely provided my show and my life, you know, a lot of wealth and value. So I am grateful for that. But um, the very last question that is going to take us out is I always ask women um, this pertaining to men on the um, the segment of teach me how to love you better. That's pretty much where her story, you know, thrives from. Um, it was just basically a project that I felt like I can use to allow women to say the things that they want to say to men and men take these things and learn from them. So I asked this question to kind of serve as a constructive criticism from women um, that men need to hear. So I'm going to ask you this same question. In what way can a man afford to do better by women and not for just his own benefit, but also the benefit of someone he has either hurt or is now trying to love? Um, I think it, it just piggybacks off of what we was just saying. And the, the number one way is, is that find that relationship with yourself as a man. What kind of man are you? Because some men don't want to do better, right? But those that do, what what does it mean to you? So um, to love someone better means to love yourself better. Mm, mm. So if you want more from yourself, you're going to project out more love for other people. Because everything that you er, everything that, that you project out to other people has something to do with what's going on within you. Mm. So communicate not only with others, but communicate with yourself and be honest about certain things of the way that you feel. Um, but also understand that when it's time for you to go and open up to someone and just because this other person is the female that you like does not mean that it's the female that you are meant to be with. <laughs> right. Um, right. Or you are meant to have a healing conversation with, cause let's just be honest. You can say some of this heartfelt stuff that you've said within this conversation to someone you're getting to know, you're trying to date, and they start talking about something, oh, so you saw, you know? So you need to learn of who it is that you need to be having, who who would be the best person to have a healing conversation with. Mm. Um, that's why I feel like that is very important for us to have friends of the opposite sex so we can be able, that's platonic. It's not like we're trying to do anything. So they can give you an unbiased, you know, opinion, just like this, this podcast, the whole premise of, but just mainly just investing you. And when we say investing yourself, like not just talking about financially or where you're going in your career, but investing your mental health, invest in the man that you want to be. And a lot of your answers come from there on how to treat others. Because you're never going to treat anyone better than how you treat yourself. So if you treating somebody else with the cold shoulder nine times out of ten, you give yourself the cold shoulder. Mm. You just gave a whole lot of game today. And I am so appreciative of 
you sharing all of this with me. This was really amazing and probably better than what I imagined it to. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so, I was so excited to do this. Oh man, this is excellent. I hope I did it justice. Yes, you did. You set the tone. Um, I really, I really feel like you are probably perfect because like I said, I was able to see your personality while I was developing the conversation. The other people right. that I, um, that I was able to connect with on the same premise, I didn't really get to see, um, like a backstory or like the personality after the experience. I didn't get to see into the actual person, but just seeing how alive you are. And I was just so curious. I'm like, well, where does this come from? And to hear how you look at your story, you totally explained everything that I could have possibly asked you about yourself. And um, it's a beautiful outcome to see, like, see you shining, see you living, you know, with the energy and the the substance that you carry, you know, going forward. It's a beautiful experience to see. So I really do commend you on doing this and also, you know, sharing your survivor story for others to possibly get to this same point that you're at. So I don't know if you um are open to it, but I'm going to just give you the opportunity to if you wanted to share like your social media, if you have anything like if you have any interesting things going on. I know that you're saying that you've been helping people just take a couple of minutes to kind of promo yourself and tell them what you're doing and what you're into now. Oh, well, my Instagram is baylife.nico. Um, it is N-E-I-K-O, Nico. So baylife.nico. Um, basically, my my whole Instagram page um, or platform is about dating in 2019. It's like my funny kind of take on it, but it also is very informational. Right. Um, it's more trendy. It's more... The things that the therapist won't really say, but is what your homegirl is say. So it's kind of like all mixed in one. I do actually have a life coaching um, classes and sessions that I do. Uh, I am in the process actually right now of getting my website up. Actually, today I just got my domain. Praise wow. So congratulations. Um, thank you. And that's going to be baylifelessons.com. It should be up within the next week. I think they say like the next 10 days. Um, and there will be where people will be able to sign up for individual lessons with me, um, talking sessions with me or either Skype. Um, and I am also going to be doing speed dating events if you are in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and also events that are catered towards building your self-care. So building like getting out the house, you know, so but, you know, different things like scavenger hunts, um, murder mystery dinners, like different things like that. So you can be able to go outside of your comfort zone. Um, I am just a lover of life. Like I, you know, and, and that's what I promote. I welcome people to DM me at any point in time. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, it's Nico Bay life. And one little fun fact that I'm pretty sure that you probably did not find out about me, which is probably going to shock you is, is that I'm also a tarot card reader. Really? I am. So I am the Tarot Bay um, on Instagram <laughs> and on Facebook. And I actually have multiple contracts that I read online um, for or whatever. And I'm actually pretty good at what I do. Wow. But that's also one of my ways of 
it always starts off with that, but it always go into a healing situation. And that's more so of, um, it goes into more of the life coaching as well. So it's just not all, all about tarot. It starts out with tarot and then it starts, then it goes into a heart to heart. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to definitely, um, incorporate all of this information into the, um, promo flyers and things of that nature so that I do raise awareness for everybody to get in touch with you. Cause I definitely like to promote the people if they have these type of things going on. I just don't want them to be just guests on the platform. So I'm definitely going to do as much as I can to raise awareness to everything that you're doing. So definitely likewise, um, if you have any information that you would like um, somebody to show you some support and to champion for you outside of just your actual promotion team, I am definitely going to be that person because I have to give back to you for what you gave to me. So um, listeners, I'm definitely going to keep you in touch and in line with everything that Nico is doing. Um, Definitely follow her on all of her social media platforms that she's given. If in fact you want to follow me, you can follow me at DergoBJ. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And the show page is The Subject Change on Instagram. Um, This has been the very first episode of Her Story. Um, And if you want to know why we call these shows Her Story is simply because if we allow women to tell her story, his story won't keep repeating itself. So we have to change the way that we see our behaviors and how we conduct ourselves as men. We have to treat our women and love our women a lot better. So this has been the very first edition of Her Story. I'll catch you guys again in a few weeks. Peace and blessings.